By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 Podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience. Your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there, and welcome to episode 85. Hour number two of the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard coming to you from the marsh just outside of Edmonton. And it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy on this show. Hour number one came out yesterday featuring David Wiley of the OZ on This Week in Cannabis News and Malcolm LaBelle of uh, the Green Generation Co. on the business of cannabis. We also did our uh, cannabis characters and uh, it was this guy. My name is Atu. I love to get black to. And uh, we will have some fun on uh, the show today as well. But there is one way that we like to kick things off on this program, and that's by asking, what's your groove? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? So when I say what's your groove, I'm asking that uh, if you are grooving to something, in the cannabis world. While you're listening to this, please let me know uh, if you're smoking a joint, just chilling out with some CBD, maybe you've eaten an edible or had a drink. There are so many different things. Maybe you've got the slash from Stonesmiths with some cool dab bods in there. Who knows? I want to know about it. Hit me up on Twitter at the cannabis 101 or leave your comment in the uh, YouTube video section. Easy as that. What we're doing now on this show is that anybody that comments at any point on anything in the show, you're going in the prize pack, not just the question of the day anymore. It is everybody that chimes in and participates in the interactive part of the show. I'd also love to know where you're listening from. So shout out to me on Twitter, Instagram at the Cannabis 101 Podcast. You can email us, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. Or just leave a comment in the uh, comment sections on YouTube. All right. I have some uh, Glueberry OG uh, from Indiva. There it is right there. Um, it is very tasty. As I get my groove on, it uh, has a lot of karyophyllene, which I uh, really like. And uh, it is, I will say, though, uh, this is really dry. Uh, this was packaged 
February 1st. And it's dry. There's no humidity pack. So please, LPs, anybody creating cannabis that we are paying for, make sure it's in good condition. This package then, but who knows when it was harvested. I would love to see harvest dates on here. The weed is good when you bring it back to life, but, you know, I shouldn't have to buy stock in raw stones to be able to uh, get my great cannabis. So I plead with you, no lips, hashtag no lips on the uh, on the rims of the uh, packaging. This one has a lip inside when you're trying to scoop everything out. It's tough. What we're doing on Know Your Buds today from Ogen, like this, no lip on this. Absolutely perfect. You take it off, get your weed in there, you can just scrape out all the uh, trichomes on the uh, on the side. So anyway, uh, this uh, glueberry, get some good instant euphoria, some energy, get some going, and then relax. And uh, I've, I've had a busy, busy day as I'm recording this late on Tuesday night. So I can't wait to relax after that, getting the relaxing effects. But if you're grooving to something, please let me know what it might be because I would love to hear from you. All right, let's get into the show now. Here is what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode. Kylie Beaudry and Dustin McLean. They are uh, part of the, uh, in, uh, the group uh, at Parkland Flower. And I and my uh, wife, Trish, had an opportunity to visit them. It was so great to be able to check out their facility. So I really hope you uh, enjoy the conversation. Uh, we are going to talk about growing. They have a lot of seeds available. So this will be really good for the green thumbs out there and some advice about uh, the Alberta climate and uh, growing. So looking forward to bringing you that conversation. Chris Ionson. He's a regional manager with Plant Life Cannabis, and of course, he is our educator on Know Your Buds. Today, as I mentioned, from Ogen, we're doing Bow Valley OG. Uh, so in a little bit, you'll find out how tasty that is and uh, why it is called Ogen and why it is called Bow Valley OG. Our cannabis question is uh, who, what character you would want to get high with, Um We'll have some fun with that one as well. Also, uh, what pairs well with cannabis? Uh, here are your uh, here are your hints on what I'm going with. Hey, hey, this is a private residence, man. So there's your first clip. Oh, nice marmot. Couple of clips, uh, teasers. See if you can guess what I'm going with uh, as far as what pairs well with cannabis. We'll also tell you about the Weed Weekly and how you can get in on our uh, Friday giveaway uh, that we have. comes right into your inbox. All you got to do is click the uh, email, watch the video where we spin the wheel of names and find out if you're a winner and catch up with the, uh, the week that was for the Cannabis 101 podcast. Okay, let's get things going right now with our cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Quite a grape, long and a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. 
So if you're watching, you can see uh, the question we're asking today. What TV or movie character would you like to get high with? What TV or movie character would you like to get high with? If you're just listening to the show and you want to check us out on the big screen, we have our YouTube channel at the Cannabis 101 Podcast. You can also watch it as we stream it out on our uh, Twitter and Facebook, our Twitch accounts, all sorts of fun. So anyway, hit me up with your answers. On Twitter, we're at the Cannabis 101. Facebook and Instagram, you can find us the Cannabis 101 Podcast. You can email and stay anonymous and still win a prize, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. So I went with Slater from uh, Dazed and Confused on Hour 1, and uh, I would really love to get high with Slater because I think it would be really funny, but I've got to also throw in something for the dude as, uh, you know, the, the, the dude... He, he can be, you know, kind of upset at one moment. Hey, hey, this is a private residence, man. And then, you know, really pay you a compliment. Oh, nice marmot. Oh, that's really nice. Uh, so I would also have to throw the dude in there. Um, you know, if, if we could make it really fun, we could go bowling. Maybe the stranger would show up. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we wouldn't be able to hang out with Donnie, but to Walter and uh, the Pomeranian would be there. Uh, so anyway, that is the cannabis question. What TV or movie character would you like to get high with? Okay, as for what pairs well with cannabis, I told you I, uh, I, I gave you a couple of hints. And yeah, baths, particularly Lebowski baths. And I've been you know, experimenting with some uh, the, the Stewart Farms bath bombs. Uh, the Blue Dream, that's my jam, really relaxes the legs. Uh, just, it's its like I'm getting a massage after. It's kind of like uh, uh, they, they feel so, uh, you know, worked on and really, really refreshed. I've also tried the Latitude bath salts, but I also, you know, I, I don't, you know, think you get a lot of a quote-unquote high uh, from that, but, but I roll a bunch of Lebowski joints as well, so... Uh, you know, some usually some blue dream to go with the bath bomb, uh, depending on the uh, the time of day. You know, maybe throw some uh, hash. I got some uh, original stash um, reserve hash or some keef that I just collect uh, on my own. Keef, by the way, was our uh, one of our weed words on hour number one. If you want to learn more a little bit more about what keef is, so yeah, I'm going with Lebowski baths are what pairs well with cannabis. You know, as long as uh, three nihilists don't bust down your door. The dude is not in. Leave a message after the beep. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're chilling out. Lebowski, this is duty officer Rollbug of the LAPD. Get some good news. It can be claimed that the North Auto Circus there on Victory. Far out. fucking out. And then this happens. This is a private residence, man. Oh, nice marmot. There you go. Hopefully, uh, after I get done recording this and I uh, dip into my Lebowski bath, 
I don't, I don't listen to sounds of the whale like the dude did and use the roach clips uh, or have one of those uh, answering machines. But I do like animal documentaries, and I will be watching some wildlife documentaries in a Lebowski bath when I get finished recording and uh, posting this, etc., etc. So that is what I pair with cannabis. Would love to hear some of the things that you pair well with cannabis. And uh, as mentioned uh, on our Monday episode, we hear from David Wiley of the OZ on This Week in Cannabis News and Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Company as well. Great partners like the folks at Stone Smiths that are always supporting this show and telling people about it in the best possible way. So we always appreciate that and want to give them some love as well. So go visit their site at stonesmiths.ca. The slash is, uh, it's certainly one of a kind. I mean, I have not come across uh, any kind of concentrate pen that has the old built-in loader. Just dip it in uh, with your, uh, this, this little thing up here, uh, holds all your concentrates, and away you go. Four seconds to fire up, 12-second auto-fire mode. It's amazing. And uh, they're working on a new chamber, so it's going to heat up even faster and provide even bigger clouds. So always love to support our friends and uh a lot of people in this uh, cannabis industry could use some help, and so we appreciate their support. We want to give some love to them as well. Check them out online at uh, stonesmiths.ca. And make sure you check out the cannabis101podcast.ca where you can find past episodes, contests. You can subscribe uh, to the Weed Weekly and get it every Friday into your inbox. You can also help support us uh, with our uh, Patreon button up there. You can uh, give us a hand because, uh, as you may or may not know, you are not allowed to do any advertising in the cannabis space. Um, there is uh, the, Can- the Cannabis Act does not allow uh, companies in the cannabis space to advertise. So it's tough to make a living doing a cannabis show where you can't uh, get any kind of sponsorship. So if you'd like to help us out, feel free. Definitely you don't have to, but it's always appreciated. And uh, we can continue to give you the quality program that we think we are bringing to you for sure. So if you want to check out past episodes and more, it's the Cannabis 101 podcast. All right, really excited to bring you this conversation now uh, with two wonderful people from Parkland Flower, Kylie Beaudry and Dustin McLean. And to lead us in, as we always do, we're going to hear the weed song from the artist, My Dead Dog. Oh, 
Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I had so much fun coming out and visiting the facility at Parkland Flower. I decided to get uh, Kylie and Dustin on the show. It is so great to have you both here. Thank you so much for showing my wife and I around. How are you guys doing? Amazing. Thank you. Excellent. It Thanks is, for coming it was, out today. Yeah, it was, it was really so much yeah. fun and, and so neat to be able to see how you guys do things and i and i'm so impressed and we're going to get into it all with some pictures as well but i, I want to start and and i like to ask um you know all of my guests this and, and kylie i know you were on before but we'll give a refresher uh for our uh, listeners and our viewers so kylie what did you do before you got into the cannabis industry uh, immediately before i got in the cannabis industry i was a stay-at-home mom and uh and i sold weed <laughs> so that was, uh, <laughs> so lots and not just weed flower, but, um, I, um, uh, that was kind of my little side hustle. That's what paid for daycare, put groceries on the table. Um, you know, I had a lot of, uh, I did a lot of cannabis education. Um, prior to all of that, I was in oil and gas in occupational health and safety. So, uh, moving over to a highly regulated cannabis industry was, um, was pretty second nature on that side of things. Mm -hmm, indeed. Uh, Dustin, what about you? Uh, I was, uh, during the daytime, I was a graphic designer, uh, working, uh, digital media producer, that kind of stuff. And, uh, in the evenings and other stuff, I was busy with cannabis. So I've been in the, been in that game for quite a while. So, uh, but basically I can I, I have a, pretty big background in graphic design and marketing. Interesting. That's uh, also something that's very important in a space that uh, you can't do a lot of marketing in. So that would certainly come in handy with that uh, creativity. Um, Kylie, why did cannabis become a part of your personal life? Well, I've been a consumer since I was a teenager. Um, I was introduced to it, uh, you know, out behind the school, out behind the, the community arena. And, um, and yeah, it's, I, I really enjoyed it and, um, progressively consumed, you know, other products as I, as I went along, we didn't get much where I was in Newfoundland. Um, and then as I got, um, when I got married, uh, my father-in-law was diagnosed with, with cancer. And that's what really started on my journey of, um, understanding how cannabis is medical aside from just you know uh something that you do with your friends mm -hmm. yeah it's it's such an important thing uh to to be able to you know use that uh, and and that distinction of you know there is recreational but it also is very uh, beneficial uh, what about you dustin uh, we heard about your first time in uh, one hitters but uh, you know why did yep. it continue to be a part of your personal life I had two cousins that uh, very young had cancer and I one day watched my uncle rolling them a joint and I started asking why and that's when I discovered the true you know the medicinal side and then when I was in grade nine uh, an ophthalmologist told my parents he would have prescribed me cannabis had he not you know lost his license because it just they couldn't do it back then because I have uh, precursors to glaucoma so and other than that I I I and I enjoy uh, the different highs. I do. Mm, I enjoy the yeah. I enjoy the experience. 
Yeah, uh, it's uh, there. Like I said, there's just so many ways that you can use this plant. Our our slogan on this show is that it's not just about getting high; it's about getting healthy. Um, but you can also enjoy getting healthy at the same time. So there's so many kind of sides uh, to the uh, the cannabis plant. Why did you decide, Dustin, that uh, I want to get into this as an industry, as a, as a career? What was that impetus? Uh, when they changed a lot of the cannabis stuff. Um... I didn't want to go to jail for any, for doing anything I was doing. Um, not only that, um, I wanted to grow good, uh, a good product for people. Um, there, there, I just didn't think it would come out of the big guys. And I thought it would be a smaller kind of grower that would be able to do it. And, uh, and then I ended up having the, the amazing fortune of, uh, meeting Kylie and, uh, and then her and I have just, uh, and then along with our other business partner, Dustin, uh, but her and I have been at this a long time and, uh, and we're finally here. We've, uh, we've gone through battles uh, against everything uh, with each other. Uh, uh, we've battled everything to get to where we're at. And that's what we have. You have to do. It's, it's part of life. We're, we're like a brother and sister. And, we are. Uh, and we're, we're, we're doing it. We are, um, we're, we're doing it. That's all I can really say. We're, we're now, we're, it's a career. It's, it's a life for us. It's not a career. It's a lifestyle for us. It's what we, it's who we are and what we are. We definitely eat and breathe it. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Well, Kylie, yeah. can you, can you give us kind of the backstory of, uh, you know, when and, and how and, and, and why you guys decided to start Parkland Flower? Um, you know, it was just kind of a fluke. Um, I was working with a topicals maker, uh, pre-legalization and this was like, you know, kind of right before, um, um, everything was really kind of set in stone, what was happening with micro licenses and whatnot. And the, the regulations were just being released. And, um, uh, when we were doing some products that we wanted to put, um, like basically a do it your own mix, mix your own bath, bath oils with your legal cannabis and things like that. And I had to get some product pictures and Dustin's sister-in-law was my photographer and we were chatting about weed and she's like, Oh, my brother-in-law, um, grows and he's looking at getting licensed. And I'm like, what's his number? And she's like, well, like, and I'm like, no, no, no. What's his number? Like right now, like, (laughs) and I literally. I still have the texts. We got on the phone right then and there. Um, We had a chat and then we met for coffee two days later. And uh, Dustin brought a whole bunch of samples for me. And I brought a whole bunch of samples of the topicals we were making. Because our initial intent was to um, grow, um, cultivars specific for topical use we 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 have a couple of cultivars that are really great um for specific skin conditions um that's of course down the road growth strategy um but um that's that's how we met a couple of weeks later we we got together with our my business strategist and we started working out you know budgeting and plans and um you know money and things like that and then what what was it? November, November, 2018, we were incorporated. Hmm. Dustin, what do you remember? Uh, you know, you still said you still have the text. What do you remember that first phone call? Was it out of the blue? Did you get any advanced uh, wording that your, you know, your life was about to change? <laughs> My sister-in-law texted and said, Hey, I think somebody wants you to grow weed for them. 
or something like that. And I was like, what? And she said, we'll call you right away. And they called right away. And I think Kylie and I talked for almost, I, don't, I can't remember. I remember my sister-in-law, Nicole, saying she had to sit in the car for like 45 minutes or something while we were just talking and talking and talking and talking. So. It's true. Oh, that is, uh, that's, that is a beautiful story. And, uh, you know, who, you know, you never know when a life changing text phone call or, uh, whatever might uh, come out of the blue. Right. So, uh, that is exactly. unbelievable. So you get Parkland flower started. Uh, it's a lot of work. Uh, we're going to show, uh, how it was built in a little bit, uh, in a way, but tell us about the decision, uh, to go with seeds, uh, right off the bat, as opposed to maybe flower. Uh, I believe as a grower, the grower was forgotten when the legal market, um, hit. And, uh, I just, I, it, it as much as I love growing flower, I, I just, there was nothing, you can't go, you couldn't go into a store and, and get anything that was worth growing. And so, and, and the other reason honestly is it, it was a faster way for our company to um, get to revenue so that we could continue to operate and, Cause it's tough getting licensed and we had to wait a long time to get our license. And we sat in an empty building, you know, ready to go that we couldn't really do anything with. So when the time came, we got a couple flower crops out and then we switched right to seed and, uh, and um, we, we started some seeds alongside our flower runs. And then we, we just, we got the seeds to market with the help from the guys at next generation consulting with us. And, uh, and uh, we just haven't looked back now. We want to get the uh, we want to get everybody growing. Um, as we say, grow with us. We want you to grow. Um, that's that's a big thing. I'm a grower, and I want to see other people enjoy really good genetics. Mm-hmm. Well, and and we're going to show uh, for those of you watching on our YouTube channel and our uh, social media channels. And if you're uh, just listening and you want to check it out, it's the cannabis one-on-one podcast on YouTube. Um, you know, was, we were so lucky, my wife, Trish and I, to be able to come and, and visit today. And, and, you know, for her, she grew up on a farm. So um, this is just, I said, you know, that you I think your dad would be kind of impressed at this, just the whole process. And so we're going to show some of these pictures as we go, but you know, Dustin, what is the Northern Alberta kind of Edmonton area, maybe outdoor growing climate? Like, uh, you know, is, is it something that people can get into? Uh, if you're growing auto flowers, yes. Um, we've had a couple wet summers, so that's kind of, you know, it's, you have to find something that's mold resistant. Um, but the auto flowers in Alberta do really, really well. It's really tough to grow photo periods here because we have twilight. So unless you're going to do some kind of light deprivation to your plants, your, your photos won't finish in time. You might be able to find a, uh, what's called a fast photo, but uh, really the best thing to grow in these areas uh, are autoflowers. And, you, and there's really good ones out there from, from a lot of great breeders. Uh, we've got some good one, really good ones out there. Uh, but autoflowers, honestly, in this area are the best thing for anybody to grow. Can you just uh, explain for uh, anybody new um, just what the difference is between autoflower and, and something else? Sure. So a photo period um, plant, basically, it, it, uh, it, in order to flip it into its flower mode, which creates the, the beautiful buds we all love to enjoy, um, you have to flip those plants. They need 12 hours of darkness and 12 hours of light. Normally, uh, in vegeta- when you veget- a plant vegetative state, uh, we run it at 18 hours light and six hours of darkness because uh, so, the plants do like to sleep a bit and do what they do in their sleep. Um, but when you, it's time for you to want to change your plant and go into flower, 
you uh, you basically change your light schedule to 12 and 12 and an auto flower those can run they run up basically on a timer it's like think of it as a time release um, you with an auto flower you put it in its final resting place you don't transplant them you put it in a nice big pot and like I say you, you set it and you forget it you just water them and let them grow they will flower on their own time period uh, generally um, there's some that can be uh, done in 60 days 70 days some 80 days some 90 days but they finish without you having to do any of the the light deprivation they'll uh, they're uh, the ruderalis plant was brought in because they grow in northern climates where they have a ton of light and a long long days so basically they were bred in years ago to uh, to create the autoflower so it's a great plant to grow they've come a long way in the last five years there's really re they're they're really catching catching some fire so mm -hmm. indeed well thank you very and much for that uh, yep. no go ahead yeah well, I was just going to say, like I said, the photo periods, the, the biggest difference is just your light, your light. That's the biggest difference between the two. Same nutrients, um, that kind of stuff. I would, uh, I would add in there the other difference, um, the advantage of photo over, over um, autoflowers is the ability to clone. Um, like I see you're showing yes. pictures of clonings there. Autoflowers, you can't clone. Um, so, uh, lots of growers like to breed out their autos and get their own seed so that they can grow them again the following year. Um, so that's, yeah. that's another difference with the, with the autoflowers in the photo period. Mm, excellent stuff, uh, especially for people that, you know, are just getting into it, uh, or maybe some people that are looking to get more advanced. Um, Dustin, what do you guys have going right now? We saw some really cool stuff today as far as cultivars that uh, you guys will uh, have available uh, for growers to, to purchase those seeds. What do you guys have going? Coming down the pipeline for everybody, what we have is uh, we've taken green crack and we've crossed it with uh, green tie, Seattle Space Needle, uh, Lemon OG, wedding cake and also with crack itself so people will be able to get green crack straight straight away uh, we've taken wedding cake and we've crossed that with a wild cindy that we have uh, seattle space needle uh, we've also crossed that with green tie and then we've also made some wedding cakes the big one coming down though is a uh, wedding cake crossed with a cherry pie giving up the old uh, ice cream cake which is a real special one we built them with two beautiful, uh, two beautiful plants that were sifted from quite a batch. Uh, sounds like some uh, so much exciting stuff, and uh, just seeing it all today for real. Um, you know, I, I got excited. You guys must get excited every day when when you come to work to kind of see like the fruits of your labor, literally. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's an every day is a uh, every day is an adventure around here. Uh, some days I'll forget to turn off a water tap and, uh, other days, uh, other days, my plants treat me fantastically. So it's always fun being here. Every day is an adventure at Parkland, uh, flower. Awesome. I like that. Uh, what's the, the process you guys took, took us through, uh, the process today. It was so neat to see. So can you kind of give us the, the, the Coles notes version of start to finish, uh, for, for you guys to get your seeds out there? Yep, sure. So uh, basically, we'll uh, clone out. Uh, if we're going to be doing a, a mono run, we will clone out the best. Uh, we'll clone out a, a set of plants. We'll take out um, a small batch of them and turn those into pollinators. And uh, once those plants have been converted uh, into pollinators, they have created feminized pollen. 
and we take that pollen and put it into the rooms with the uh, the females and um, and we let them do their thing and once we get the we let them uh, grow for uh, eight to ten weeks depending on the cultivar uh, some might even go 11 just so we can get the most ripe seed uh, and the best seeds possible and uh, uh, we take the plants out we cut them we dry them so that they are bone dry to get all the seeds out and to make sure there that uh, there's no chance for anything to no mold or anything to wreck the plants so we dry them really really fast especially for seeds and and uh, and that's basically and then we get the seeds out and package them up as you can see we've got trays and trays of auto uh, northern lights autoflower seeds there so um, that's really the the quick version. We just we take plants, uh, we take a small set of them, cre uh, flip them so they can create feminized pollen, pollinate the females, and outcome feminized seeds. Beautiful. Uh, it's a, it's an amazing process, and I'm sure uh, growers uh, in Alberta and beyond are uh, going to be really excited about this. And and you know you guys literally literally stand behind this product like there is literally your phone number on this product uh, for for customers to reach out to kylie your phone number it is my oh, phone number on the package so you can't get my phone number unless you buy our seats <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. What is that you like, buy, though? You buy the seeds, you get my phone number. Um, well, we have to have a phone number, first of all, by law. Uh, that is a regulatory requirement from Health Canada that there needs to be a customer service phone number. Um, there doesn't really seem to be a point to for us to just like have a landline at our facility if I'm not there or we don't have someone there full time. So uh, we want to make sure that anytime somebody has a question, a concern or a comment that there's always going to be someone available to speak to them. Right now, that person is me. Um, and that's simply because we're we're a startup. We we wear many hats. Um, you know, at some point we will be able to hire a customer service rep that um, will be handle be able to handle those those phone calls along with other administrative duties. Um, but for right now, it is it is me. I love getting phone calls from customers. Um, I you know customer service was something that um, I, I've done at at other um, at other careers in my life, and um, you know I I had a customer uh, I think it was about two or three weeks ago. Uh, a lovely woman, um, just starting to grow cannabis, and she had like a, what she called, a, it was like an arrow garden. I'm, I'm guessing it's like a little mini hydroponic setup. And uh, she was so excited. Um, she was a bit nervous, though, because only two seeds had popped. And so, you know, I talked to her about that and um, and how she germinated them. And did she follow the instructions that we had? Because we put we do put germination instructions. And it turns out what she had done was she had over she had over nutrient like she had mm. she had actually uh, locked them out um like uh, put nutrients right on the seeds whereas we recommend you only use distilled water seeds come with their own little sack of nutrients like they they've got their lifeblood right there you just need water to crack them open and get them started um so you know that's a, a common mistake that that new growers uh do but she was so excited because then I told her, uh, you know, I asked her which cultivar she had purchased and that was Critical Magic. And it turns out Critical Magic is just an awesome cloning 
plant. Uh, lots of great bud sites. So I just told her, you know, grow them out for about two or three weeks. You'll be able to take a couple of cuttings and you'll be able to put those in your other, um, you know, in the other spaces you have left in your arrow cloner and, and you'll be good to go. And she was so happy. And, and, you know, when you can really give that first rate customer service as a small, um, a small company, they're talking to the owners, they're talking to people that, you know, care about what the outcome is of those phone calls, and they're right there on the front lines. I think that makes a big difference. And, um, you know, I haven't really had anybody call in complain that didn't hang up the phone and were happy with, with, um, with our, um, you know, our, our solution, um, or our um, extra information that we were able to provide. So, uh, that's wonderful. Like that, you know, when you can, you know, sure, somebody might uh, call in thinking one thing, but if you can send them out uh, the other side, that that ideally is, uh, you know, the heart of customer service. So, uh, you know, I, I applaud you for, you know, <laughs> taking those calls, first of all, and I'm glad that a lot of them have, uh, have worked out uh, so well in, in that regard, because, you know, our industry, basically, this industry is being built on customer service, is it not, Kylie? Absolutely. A hundred percent customer service and the quality of the product for sure. And when that quality is not where um, that customer is expecting it, um, most times customers just want to be heard and they want to know that they're being listened to. And um, and that's important. Um, you know, you're talking about farming. Uh, you're talking about plants, uh, seeds, things go wrong. Uh, you might have an off harvest or uh, you might have rogue pollen where maybe uh, one or two seeds weren't feminized or anything, anything could happen in that sense. And so you want to make sure that when you have these types of um, uh, challenges that you have answers um, for them. And, um, you know, what I love as well is that most of our consumers, like most of our, our, our customers are like right in our neighborhood. Um, you know, they're, they're in the Edmonton or the Stony Plain or Spruce Grove area. And, um, you know, we've had customers that might have one or two seeds not pop. And I was like, you know, I'm so sorry that happened. Would you like to come for a tour? And we've done that as mm. well. And, you know, had, had, because that's, you know, that's what we're all about is, is, you know, um, catering to our community. Uh, that's what the, that's what the OG um, cannabis community was always about. It's always about your community. And uh, I think we're still bringing that energy to the legal market. Uh, well said for sure. Dustin, you, you kind of took us through the, the process of, of how you get from, uh, you know, growing to, to selling the seed. What is the reason that you use cocoa when growing? It's just very forgiving, uh, especially if you're in a commercial environment. Um, so if there's an oopsie daisy, um, it can be fixed very quickly. Um, it's just, it's a really good medium. I've grown in it for years. Um, <clears throat> eventually, um, down the line, we are going to be switching to more of a, uh, I guess, a soil-based system or soil mixed in with uh, the cocoa. But um, I, I really find cocoa is uh, is is really good. If I could get quality soil around here that was uh, that I could trust and and uh, for heavy metals uh, contamination stuff like that, it wouldn't have it. I would probably go with it. But there just isn't anything like that to provide a commercial amount. Uh, to something like what we're doing, but uh, I grow with cocoa mainly because it's a very, very forgiving medium. Uh, and it's, uh, 
it's just uh, it's easy to work with it's easy to train people uh, it's easy to teach people uh, with Coco and um, yeah that's the biggest part is how forgiving it is for me though I the thing I love about this uh, this plant in general is that I'm just constantly learning like you know I didn't know what a terpene was before I started this show and I didn't know you you taught me something and my wife too today about uh, how the smells are different uh, between night and day. And, and you know what? For a lot of people, they think cannabis is one smell, skunk, right? Like, you know, they, you, know you, 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 hear, you hit a skunk or something, you know, somebody's smoking some weed. People think there is one smell. But, you know, as you dive into it, there is so much more. So can you explain, Dustin, the difference between night and day smells when it comes to cannabis? Really what happens at nighttime is just the plant is, I guess you could call it gassing off. I don't know, uh, I don't know the science behind it, obviously, but uh, when you go into a, a room when it's dark, especially close to when the lights are about to come on, um, it, it's, it smells amazing. It's almost like uh, when you go outside a, in an early spring morning and everything's fresh. Uh, or even in the summertime, just that early morning uh, smell. Like when you go to a golf course early in the morning, it smells different than it does later in the day. Um, it's, just, it's the same as your grow room. Uh, I really, uh, uh, I really believe in going in your grow rooms when it's dark before the lights come on to get a real good sense of of how strong your plants are going to be terpene wise, because that'll tell you a lot about your plants. And as you guys smelt in the room uh, today, there's some amazing smells that come along with these different uh, cultivars we've got here. Well, I, I, as I told you guys in the email when we set this up uh, after the tour, I'm really excited. I've kind of got like an itch, and this is the perfect time of the year to kind of get that itch for a lot of people. Um, you know, my, my, I can't wait to someday down the road uh, create my own cultivar and, and breed it. And, you know, Kylie, that seems to be like one of the coolest things ever to have something that, you know, you create, you name, and then, you know, what it, whether it's out there uh, from uh, your standpoint or I just enjoy it as a home grower. I mean, that is something that I think uh, is, would be so amazing uh, to, to be able to do. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot to choosing names um, in the legal side. It was definitely a lot easier um, for legacy folks. They could go with what they want. They could do whatever branding they want. They could um, copy, you know, other kinds of things like, you know, Fruity Pebbles is named mm -hmm. after a breakfast cereal. And of course, because of regulation, uh, we probably are not going to be able to call it Fruity Pebbles. Um, so, um, and then when it comes to breeding, we always want to make sure, um, you know, anytime we breed something back on itself that we are paying homage to the original breeder. So like we came out with Kenberry Diesel, that was by Black Hor uh, Dark Horse Genetics. And uh, we made sure that that people knew where that genetic came from. We, we lucked out, we got a male and a female. So we did a, um, you know, those were some of our initial genetics that we came out with. Um, and we, uh, we also, um, you know, when it comes to these next uh, nine, ten cultivars, um, we have to start figuring out some names because we can't just like these can't put all the names just together. We we want to, you know, make it ours. Um, we do want to pay homage to the original breeders. I'm actually going to be working with uh, a couple of pretty neat uh, weed reviewers in Canada from across Canada on a little naming project. Um, maybe we might even run a contest. I think that mm. might be neat for later on to 
name, name a cultivar. Um, so yeah, like, and then you have to make sure that it's compliant uh, as well. Uh, some of the provinces have different rules on that. So you want to kind of fly under the radar. You don't want to copycat uh, somebody else. Uh, you want people to know what to expect with that cultivar. So if it is, you know, two specific things, making sure that if the name doesn't capture it, that at least our website uh, would show the lineage. So people have an expectation of, of what the, um, of what the, the experience is going to be like. So there's lots, there's lots to that side of things as well. Um, it's also a matter of, you know, when you grow it out, what is the effect once you put these two cultivars together? Um, you know, what, what does that, what does that make? And um, so we're really excited for all the work we're doing. There's a ton of research and development we're doing, um, which is has been, you know, to be able to do it um, commercially alongside, to be able to do these massive pheno hunts together um, with lots of different cultivars and really picking out the best genetics, the best chemovars um, before crossing them, I think is a huge advantage and, and we love doing it. That sounds so much fun. It sounds like an incredible amount of work, but it sounds so much fun and, and it's, a, it's a passion and it's not so much work when it is a passion, isn't it? There is a reason that not a lot of companies are doing it. It's because number one, it's risky. Um, it is a risky undertaking. You've got a whole building full of pollen. Uh, you know, you've got, um, so, you know, Lots of companies, you know, they want to mainly focus on on their bread and butter, which is which is flower sales um, and competing with the illicit market in genetics has definitely uh, there are companies that attempted to do it early on in legalization. They didn't put a ton of energy into it. I won't name names. Uh, they put out some very expensive, poor genetics. Um, and so we've had, actually had a, we've had a little bit of a tough time overcoming that first legalization hump. Um, but yeah, we're just really dedicated to our craft. Uh, the other thing about that makes it, um, that makes it tough is, you know, we've got over 50 cultivars going right now. I think just about like, if you consider our moms that we have that we're growing up for clones for the medical side. Um, and so the record keeping is enormous the you have to take track of every single plant in your build in your in your building each plant if you only have one that's a lot so there's you know there's a lot more um back-end work to it and um you know we're we're we are are confident and we are competent in in what we're doing and um and i think that's going to show in the next couple of years as as we uh as we really develop our processes Mm, that's uh, and I, I love the, I love the future outlook. I, I think uh, this is going to be something that people are really going to get excited about uh, in you know growing at home um, as we continue. Now, the one thing that I think is uh, so cool um, is your setup, and we were so grateful to see it. And, and I have uh, this uh, this video that I'm going to show as you guys can talk about how this setup went. I would love to include the song that goes along, but uh, YouTube will not allow that. Uh, so uh, yeah. I I didn't, I didn't figure they would. <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to play this without sound, uh, but this is amazing. So kind of take us through the, the process as I'll uh, roll, whoops, I'll roll, uh -oh. this video, roll the video without the, uh, the song. So, so here we go. This is the process. This is unbelievable that, uh, that this is going on here. 
So this is the second side that was done. So we have we have two bays, as you remember. So this is the the west the west bay. Uh, we actually did the east bay the day before. So um, the day before, it took us the entire day to get those four pods in because we were just figuring it out. This side took about four hours like three, three and a half hours, maybe. Um, hmm. So they, they had really, they had figured it out. They had figured it all out by, by that time. Like, okay, this is, this is how we're going to, we're going to do this. Uh, all in all, we needed three cranes, that crane that's set up right there that you can see at the front, that's a spider crane. So that crane actually folds down and it can actually fit through a regular doorway. <laughs> yeah. So it actually, like, it's so cool. These crane guys, I will do a shout out to Excalibur Crane. If you need any crane work, uh, these guys were super pro. Um, then we had a, we had a big carry deck outside and, um, and another large, um, I think it was another, another large crane that was actually what would pick up the, 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 pick it off right off the truck. So each, each, uh, pod was trucked in that day. And as they were trucked in, we we brought them in. So the the way we did it was we brought one we brought one room in, and then they lifted it up, and then they brought the other ones underneath it. So you can kind of see, and then we just lowered them down. And then when they pushed them all together, that was all manpower. They had them all on little skates, and they actually just pushed them physically with their body weight across huh. the floor. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, this is when yeah. you showed me this video, I was like, cause I was wondering, I'm like, how did they get this in here? So, and then you ba basically build around the, the containers, right? Yeah. So like initially what we did, um, you know, because we knew like there was a ton of, of for pre-planning to this. Um, mm. like I basically did the, the, we, we did the project management together, planning out, um, you know, we had friends that all have different skills. We have a friend that is an archi uh, architectural technologist. He helped us do all the, the layout of everything, what we needed. Um, and then we just got all of our contractors together and started planning it, um, making sure that the floors were all prepped, moved all the, the pods in. And then we actually poured all the floors around the pods. Wow. Uh, it's, it's very yeah, impressive. It, it, you know, I, I wasn't expecting up. I was expecting more of uh, like a bungalow sort of uh, situation and, and kind of uh, horizontal. But I think that's brilliant. Uh, the use of those, you know, sea cans is, is kind of perfect, Dustin, for what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's uh, it's ideal for what we're doing. You can mitigate stuff if it's uh, if it happens. Uh, it allows us to uh, do both crops so it's uh and it's uh perfect for the small for the small space that we had we maximized uh our uh our allowable um uh footprint i guess you could say our allowable canopy this mag this allowed us to really maximize to what to use for space yeah, indeed. Uh, Kylie, when we were there, uh, we, you know, met uh, some of the people that you're working with, including some uh, students that were there um, from, I think it was Norquest uh, College. Can you tell us how that works out and how that program uh, is, is kind of affiliated with Parkland Flower? Yeah, uh, we're a part of uh, North uh, Norquest Colleges. Um, they have uh, they have a cannabis trimming 
course uh, that um, anyone can take. It's an online course. It's got some great information. Um, we are actually working with them to um, to expand the program to be more of a cultivation technology class um, where it's a little bit more hands-on. It's not just focused on the trimming because uh, trimming is just one side and it's, it's the end product. Whereas, um, you know, there's harvesting, cloning, watering, um, or, or irrigation, um, there's defoliation, um, pest management, uh, you know, being able to identify pests. Um, and then there's even the processing side of things. And really trimming is a processing activity. It's not necessarily, a, a you know, in with the plants, a, a cultivation activity. Um, so, you know, we're really kind of working with them. They, they provide us with the students that have taken the course, um, the the students uh, have to complete 14 hours of on-the-job training, which is basically a, a two two days at Parkland Flower. Uh, we get them doing various jobs depending on the day. We usually plan everything for Mondays and Tuesdays. So Mondays and Tuesdays of every week, um, we have uh, positions open for students. Um, and uh, yeah, North Northwest College has been a, a great ally uh, in the space. As you know, again, being a small startup. Uh, 10 month delay really ate into our um, operating capital and our ability to pay salaries. Um, so being able to have um, basically interns come in, help out, do some work, um, and then also being able to apply for uh, student student grants um, to, to help offset the costs of, of having. We want to be able to to give full gainful employment with living wages uh we're just not there yet we we will get there um we're just not there yet right now we're still a lot of growing pains <laughs> um you know some of us haven't taken salaries for a while um it's you know um but that's 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 how you grow indeed this is uh kind of an uh, certainly an industry i i don't think if you if you're getting into the cannabis industry to get rich uh, i think you're in for the wrong reasons uh, you should be in it for the the passion and um you know the the results and the the satisfaction that you get from it and i think you know more uh satisfaction and and i more exposure for for growers big and small would be the farm gate option i know bc has talked about it I would love to see it. And for people that don't know, that's being able to go tour a facility and be able to buy some of the product, just like you would do in the wine region. I'd imagine you'd be all for that, Kylie. A hundred percent. And I actively advocate for that. Um, the AGLC is, is definitely listening. Um, you know, they have a lot on their plate right now. The entire governments, the governments everywhere have a lot on their plate right now with COVID and things like that. Um, and really just, um, um, you know, trying to revitalize the economy. And that's kind of where we've been making our push, um, especially with the Alberta Cannabis Micro License Association, um, you know, pushing for um, them to start writing policy that that would include that. I mean, really, it just involves us being able to have a sales license for us to be able to take inventories, send inventory lists to the AGLC. Uh, you know, we are highly regulated already by Health Canada. Our record keeping is is audited we get inspections you know so um the 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 ability to do it is definitely there we just you know we've got to get a few more folks on board and comfortable with it um but yeah i would love to see like a cannabis u-trim 
Mm. Come trim your own weed, right? Like how fun, you know, get a group on <laughs> you and your, <laughs> you and your, you and your friends come in and instead of having a paint night, have a trim night, you know? So I think there's, um, I think that's really like the cannabis 3.0 or the cannabis 4.0 and, and that's really like cannabis tourism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you might've answered my next question, but uh, Dustin, oh. I'll start with you. What is the next big thing in cannabis? Do you think Dustin? Cannabis tourism. It's going to be huge. Once it's, uh, once people can figure out once COVID's over, obviously, um, it'll be that and topicals. Those are the two, those are the two big ones, I think, but, uh, cannabis tourism will be huge. People are going to want to go out. People are going to want to go to a beautiful little destination spot and enjoy cannabis, a bud and breakfast. Yeah. And yeah. to touch on the topicals, like, you know, being able to go to a spa and having a cannabis infused mud bath, having, you know, being mm-hmm. able to have an edible and get your massage, have, being able to have like a, can, a CBD infused uh, massage oil, you know, being able to be administered by a professional. Like those are the kinds of things that are simply not available uh, to consumers right now. Yeah, I envision a day where uh, I can fly into a city and I can uh, stay at a bud and breakfast, as you kind of alluded to. I can go on, uh, get on a bus tour that's going to take me to some cool retail shops and take me to an LP and things like that, and then go out for a nice cannabis-infused meal and a couple of cannabis drinks uh, at a lounge somewhere. That, I think, is the future. And I also think, you know, the the topicals that um, the people that aren't interested in getting high but are interested in some pain relief, well, that's coming as well. So I think those are the two biggest things uh you know for for the for the industry moving forward but you know we we have to jump on this cannabis tourism we should be considered the legal amsterdam right now the the amsterdam of legality is what canada should be considered and i know covid has obviously thrown a wrench into all that but uh, you know kylie coming out of this we should make the uh, the canadian flag you know i'm not saying like you only think of weed but you know guys and gals that are interested in cannabis should be coming here for those experiences right now and it's not just the experiences look at medical tourism i mean there are canadians that go down to mexico to get their dental work done you know cannabis is the first g7 country to be fully legalized there haven't been many more yet there's you know hundreds of other countries uh where they have cancer patients with you know incurable things where they just want some relief and cannabis could be one of those things that gives them that relief and if it's not available in their country people are willing to travel for that kind of treatment uh for a a fully immersive holistic uh healing experience and um and we should be we should be jumping on that and, and providing that safe place for safe haven a safe medical haven for uh, people who want to to consume cannabis medically. And, it's, and we, we only have a, a limited amount of time before the U.S. and a whole bunch of other countries start legalizing. So I always use the analogy, we're in an 800-meter race with a 200-meter start, and we're close to being lapped by the United States if they federally legalize. So, you know, I, I love it. I love the fact that I can buy a joint, come home and smoke it. Nobody's calling the cop. I love the amount of research that is being done on the plant right now and the benefits we're going to have. But we also have to look at this from a from a uh, an industry side and and make sure that this industry is able to thrive and survive 
Absolutely. And like when you look at the U.S., you know, there are not many states left now mm -hmm. that are not legal in some form or another. There's only really a handful of states that that don't have any form of medical cannabis um, uh, in uh, legalized. Um, and so they're they're already going they're they're ready um mm -hmm. i don't know necessarily if they like the operators in the the those legal states particularly california and colorado even want federal legalization in the sense that as soon as you get the fda's fingers in there that becomes really complicated mm -hmm. um and they're not in there right now so you know the federal legalization for for canadians the biggest impact it's going to make on us uh, for um, mainly in the industry side is going to be the banking. It right. is our ability to be able to do banking uh, in the cannabis industry. But I don't know. I don't know if they are moving as quickly on federal legalization as everybody thinks they are. Mm, no, I think Todd, we're looking, we're still looking down the road. Yeah. Todd, it's, it's, you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen in the next uh, year or two, but uh, you know, maybe at the end of the administration, but that's certainly, uh, you know, other yeah. people's problems right now. Uh, we, <laughs> we can uh, be excited and look forward to the future of cannabis here in Canada. Sure. Kylie and Dustin, thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you so much for the tour and uh, showing us because I think transparency is really important in this industry as well. And to be able to show people how professional and clean and everything, Everything it is, is uh, just a benefit. Thanks so much and best of luck to Parkland Flower moving forward. Thank Thanks you so, so much. James. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, turning the wheel of cannabis one toke at a time. That was so much fun. Uh, big thanks uh, to Kylie and Dustin for giving us their time to be on this show and inviting us out to uh, to visit um, their wonderful facility. And I can't wait for Farm Gate to get here so everybody can tour some of these facilities and uh, check them out and kind of take back, pull back the curtain a little bit to show people that hey, this is a very safe and regulated industry and uh, the product is no different than uh, plants you would grow uh, in your house uh, and things like that they just have uh, different ingredients in them so very cool very cool very cool and by the way check out one hitters uh, later this week featuring dustin mclean as we get to know his cannabis history uh, we actually uh, did one hitters with kylie earlier so that's why we went with dustin this time You'll be able to find it and full episodes at Cannabis101podcast.ca where you can subscribe to the Weed Weekly and qualify for our Friday giveaway. And who knows, maybe at some point we'll be giving away the Slash from Stonesmiths or maybe something else. They've got something coming in April that's going to be really cool. I've been trying to get uh, some information out of Levi and Heath, but they are steel traps, those guys. So... I can't wait to see it. Uh, I'm, I I love the slash so much. Uh, the three temperature settings uh, that they have. You just click, uh, double click, four seconds to heat up, and you fire away. And that built-in loader is uh, unbelievable. But I can't wait to see what they have coming this April. If you want to get your hands on a slash, or if you're a retail store that wants to get one of these and get them in your store, hit them up 
on the interweb, www.stonesmiths.ca. Who grew it? What's the terpene profile? Who created it? What is the lineage? How much THC? What's in a name? This is Know Your Buds, a close-up look at cultivars you should try. Or try again. Joining Dean is our educator, Chris Ionson. Always love when I can bring in my good friend, Chris Ionson, regional manager with Plant Life Cannabis. Check it out, Plant Life Cannabis. Dot com. Click and collect, order ahead, find out exactly what you're looking for and keep everybody safe during these uh, times uh, that we are still dealing with uh, COVID-19. All right, Chris, how are things today and uh, what's uh, fun and exciting for you in the plant life world? Uh, yeah, D- Dean, I'm doing great today, buddy. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, things in the plant life world are, are going amazing here. Uh, yeah, all the stores are, are doing great. Uh, you know, we're still, uh, we've got the uh, Albany store opening up here in the coming weeks. And uh, yeah, things are uh, going awesome at Plant Life, Dean. Thanks mm-hmm. for asking. No problem. It was fun to come visit uh, the other day at uh, uh, South uh, Common and uh, be able to drop off uh, the OZ magazine. So it was a uh, Great to see you out in the field. Uh, you know, I, I kind of miss coming to visit you at a store. It was uh, so much fun when we when you were at uh, Jasper Ave. So it was it was a lot of fun to come down there. And I know um, big things are happening in the next little while uh, with the plant life cannabis. And uh, we've got something very cool, and uh, you know, I would say pretty big uh, on the uh, agenda today for Know Your Buds on episode. 85 we are doing bow valley og uh, which is a pretty strong sativa about 80 20 on that scale and this is by ogen and uh, another private company very cool that we're talking about this again so tell us a little bit about ogen yeah yeah dean so ogen's a privately held cannabis company uh, based out of calgary alberta Uh, their head office and growth facility are right in the heart of calgary about 15 minutes out of downtown um, they are run by President Darren Brisebois, and he was actually Ogen's third employee, uh, and now they have over 90 employees working there. Um, they first got their cultivation license in 2018, and we first saw their product uh, to the Alberta market in July of 2020. That's really cool that uh, he was uh, such an early employee, and he gets an opportunity to watch the company grow. I think that's probably um, something that uh, you, you would take a lot of pride in. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, the facility. Uh, what is that like? Yeah, Dean, so the facility, it's it's uh, approximately 30,000 square feet. Uh, they've got 16 different flowering rooms, uh, ranging in size from 950 square feet to about 1,500. And that's the max that those rooms will get to. Uh, so they're keeping their batches small, which is great. Uh, each each room has an environmentally controlled uh, environment that's specific to what's being grown in that room, uh, which we also like to see. Uh, and then in that facility, they have a dedicated trim room uh, that has a 16-person team working full-time in there uh, trimming these magnificent buds. Uh, so it's uh, it's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, for those who, who trim for us, you know, we salute you. Uh, thank you to that that full-time uh, crew at Ogen there trimming our buds, guys. Uh, we see ya. Yeah, no and, doubt. And 
Yeah, for sure. And also, Dino, worth mentioning too, um, OGEN has a very excellent employee benefits program uh, where they've got health and dental and vision care. Uh, they've got paid sick days. They've got uh, a health and wellness spending account. Uh, on top of the fact that you're growing cannabis, so uh, it's really nice that, you know, you get to do a really cool job and then they, they take care of their people as well. So uh, super cool place to work. I love hearing stories like that, uh, you know, especially you know, this discussion uh, about uh, minimum wage. And, you know, I love hearing uh, a cannabis company that really takes care of their employees because, you know, the consumer, obviously, you're, you're looking at that. But without the people that get the job done, the consumer is going to suffer. So I really, really like that. Now, that's a great sounding facility. What is their growing process and what are they growing? Yeah, Dean, so uh, how, how Ogen grows, uh, all their plants start off in a deep, uh, deep water culture system, uh, and then it's eventually transplanted into a rock wool uh, hydroponic system. Um, there's a really, really awesome video on their website kind of showing the facility and just how things are. It's uh, just super well done. A lot of really nice shots on the plants and the staff they're working. Um, what they're growing, Dean, is um, they, uh, they first released the Sativa Lemon Zoom, uh, and it was fire. Everyone, it was very popular, very uplifting sativa. Uh, gas berries and early glue followed. And uh, and Bow Valley is one of their limited time drops. So uh, get it while you can. Uh, we're not going to see it forever here. So it's it's limited, guys. Um, and this, this Bow Valley OG, is, is there's a lot of hype around it. Uh, and it's, it's worth talking about because uh, we've got a 6.27% a terpene percentage uh, in, in there. So... Uh, very, very terpy, terpy bud there. You're smoking, buddy. Oh, man. You know and, what? Bow Valley in a bag? That is awesome. <laughs> totally, buddy. Uh, and with that, that 6.27, I mean, that, that for me, that's the largest terpene percentage uh, that I've, I've come across or heard about on the rec market to date. Uh, and, and the fact that they're hitting 18% THC is, is amazing, too. Uh, kind of getting the best of both worlds there. And with that, that high terpene percentage, like that's what serious smokers look for. Uh, it's not all about THC, guys. Um, terps, terps play such an important role in the entourage effect. And uh, like me personally, and a lot of smokers that are heavy smokers that I talk to, uh, I'd rather have a lower THC, higher terpene percentage uh, all day. Um, I, I just want to see uh, Ogen put out uh, an indica. Uh, with a chirping percentage this high, that would be a little bit more of my jam, uh, Dino. But uh, yeah, they're uh, uh, killing it. In, in my opinion, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Ogen brand. Um, they're doing things right. Um, small batch grown. It's hang dried. It's hand trimmed. Uh, it's premium, premium craft cannabis uh, grown right here in Alberta. So um, really big fans of the guys there. And they got a big year coming up with a bunch of new cultivars uh, and new drops, new limited drops coming this year. So uh, we're going we're gonna to keep our eye on Ogen for sure, Dino. Yeah, no doubt. OgenCannabis.com is the website. Unfortunately, it uh, didn't, uh, didn't want to behave with this uh, system that we use. So we, some websites work, some don't. Uh, obviously, the plant life, as you saw earlier, does work. But uh, it is a very cool website. I kind of mentioned to you earlier, it's kind of understated in the fact that it's not you know, really bright, flashy colors and, and you know, and things popping off. But it's really, um, really beautiful looking. The colors that they use, the images that they're using. 
and the information. First and, and foremost, it looks good, great, but you know, like a, a Ferrari with no engine is there's there's no point, right? You got to have some meat in the in the website, and they do. They have some transparency. They show some things. Uh, I think that's what this industry really has to be is very transparent and and providing as much information as possible. So that's what I think when I see their website. What were some of the highlights for you? Uh, I fully agree with you, Dean. They were great on the information on the website. Um, all, all the photos they used are are really nice looking buds as well. Um, that video, like I mentioned, was top shelf. Um, and I'm a big fan too of they have this little part on the website where it's like, did you know? And you can click on that and there's, uh, you know, some extra information just, you know, added in there too. I think uh, the more the better. If I'm, uh, if I'm, you know, at work and I want to learn about the company, like give me, give me what you got there. So um, big fan of the Ogen website for sure mm-hmm. with all the information they provide. www.ogencannabis.com. So let's talk a little bit about the history. This is, um, you know, it's just a classic OG with a bit of a controversial lineage. Yeah, it's de- definitely, Dean. It's uh, got some controversy to it for sure. Um, you know, some people say that that OG Kush is is a mix of chem dog and a Hindu Kush. Uh, others say that it's a, a chem dog and a lemon Thai and, uh, and a Pakistani Kush. Um, and then there's the story, this kind of one that I, uh, I go with, uh, and it's, it's uh, you know, in the early 1990s, um, Matt Bubba Berger uh, and Josh D, uh, they're the ones who kind of brought uh, OG Kush to fruition and, and to market. Uh, and the origin is traced back to uh, Florida in the early 1990s where uh, Matt Bubba Berger was doing his thing. He was uh, in the Prohibition era indoor cultivation scene. Uh, he had already created Bubba and uh, he had a very, cult- very popular cultivar in his stable uh, known as Supernaut. Uh, it was also known as Crippy or Cushberries. It had it had a few different names there, and uh, its friends called it Cushberries, uh, not due to the fact that uh, you know it was uh, you know Kush from the from the Hindu Kush mountains. Uh, it was just due to the fact that uh, the the buds were round and they looked like little berries. Um, so he received these genetics from uh, from local grower Alex Alec Anderson, and Crippy was super popular in Florida. And uh, it kind of remained a Florida secret until Bubba um, smuggled uh, some crippy across across the states, and he uh, brought it over to LA, where he moved into a place with Josh D. And uh, so he put two two legendary growers in the same household together. Uh, they're going to work together, and you know, kind of share best practices. And uh, and between the two of them, there they really kind of fine tuned the OG OG Kush, uh, and like re-released it. Uh, to the world, you know, as OG Kush. Uh, they changed the name from Crippy there. And it became really super popular in, in the California area, uh, really popular in the hip hop community. Be Real of Cypress Hill uh, was at the forefront of promoting the OG goodness there. Uh, and it's uh, kind of became a classic uh, cultivar after that. Uh, so legendary OG story there. Yeah, that just the again, you know what I like is uh, great backstories, and and that one has a, a little bit of everything, including um, you know the the hits from the Bong song, right? Uh, somebody order a pizza, Cy- or Cypress Hill. We're looking in your direction from uh, you know the classic <laughs> Simpsons episode. So there's a little bit of everything in there. That's what uh, the cannabis um, you know backstories and the, the that legacy market is all about. These are the people. Uh, that are responsible for the great strains and cultivars rather well 
one and the stranger, for the cultivars that we are able to celebrate and talk about today. So I love paying uh, homage to them, and uh, obviously uh, we would not uh, be able to have something this beautiful without them. And and then when we talk about this being so beautiful, what I'm meaning is, you know, we'll get to the smell and the taste, but it's THC percentage of 184 but you mentioned it earlier, 6.27% terpenes. And that brings in the entourage effect, as you mentioned. So can you just explain for some new listeners and viewers just exactly what that entourage effect and how important a 6.2% terpene percentage would be in this particular batch that we have? Right, so the, the entourage effect in cannabis is the combination of THC, CBD, and terpenes. And those three things all combined together are going to work out to give you the complete effect of consuming your cannabis there. Uh, with the 6.27% terpenes, uh, that is super, super high. Um, some of the cannabis that we see in the market, maybe on the a lower end uh, producers, are, you know, they're looking at a, a 0.5 to a you know, 0.7% total terps. Um, 6.27 is is quite a bit larger there so uh yeah this one's definitely a, a some terpy bud for sure yeah it's it's kind of like the difference between scoring 50 and 50 and scoring 50 and 39 as wayne gretzky did it's just top shelf when it comes to terpene percentage and you know people think terpenes sometimes are only about the smell but it also when you when you throw into the entourage effect certain terpenes have uh, you know different impacts we all experience cannabis differently so it is so important i love how you talk about it's not just about thc and that's something that you know you and i and many others have been trying to drive home for a long time here during legalization yeah absolutely man that's that's Big, big thing for me. Um, that's just one of the big things in cannabis where people come in. I need the highest THC I got. It, mm. it's, and it's, it's not all about that. I could give you the highest THC I got, but I mean, if we could talk and I could figure out what you're, what you're looking to do, what you're, um, you know, there, there could be, you know, uh, some, some lower THCs that are going to be a better choice for yeah. sure. Hopefully that uh, those people that are coming in are being converted more and more and they, as they do a little bit more research in that. And it's, you know, it's up to everybody. Uh, to, you know, use the cannabis for whatever it is they want to use it. Uh, but if they do want more information, it's certainly out there. Uh, speaking of information, what do you got on what's in a name? Uh, let's, you know, what does Ojin mean? So Ojin, uh, that, that comes from our generation. Uh, and so that's that's kind of how they, they wanted to start things. This is our generation. It's our time. Uh, this, this cannabis industry, it's ours. Uh, so Ojin starts there, our generation. Uh, the Bow Valley OG. Uh, that's kind of a throwback to uh, the OG Kush uh, that it is, but it's also where it's grown in Calgary in the, in the Bow Bo Valley region there. So uh, just kind of a nod to uh, where it's produced and, and what it is there. All right. And, and people, uh, people sometimes uh, get OG mistaken for a few things, don't they? Yeah, they sure do, Dean. Uh, some people say original gangster, uh, ocean grown. Uh, it's actually, it stands for original uh, and that's that's you know according to Josh D and 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 Matt Bubba Berger the guys who coined the term there so uh, everyone's kind of got their their own take on it but it, to me it's it's the you know you're an OG you're the original you're the um, you know a classic uh, that's that's the OG in my mind yeah for sure beautiful we're looking at uh, what this bud looks like and uh, specifically uh, this is uh, unique packaging and a unique caner, a container isn't it. It is, Dean. It's uh, it's called the Calyx container, uh, and uh, I 
Ojin was the first uh, first brand to start using these. Uh, super sleek container, very easy to, to get into, uh, very much resealable, reusable. I, I keep my Ojin packages. Um, that, there isn't a humidity pack that comes with them. That's maybe the the one thing that I'd like to see with the uh, with the Ojin packaging. Uh, just keep the butt a little bit fresher in there. But uh, otherwise, and uh, with the packaging too, they've got uh, different sticker colors for the different cultivars they've got too. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I I agree. Uh, this, uh, the, you know, the batch I got, uh, and there's a bit of a close up look at it. It could have used the humidity pack. It was uh, it was just packaged in January, but it was a little bit dry. So, uh, but the bonus is, uh, you know, that's that's the 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 one negative I have is that it's a little bit dry. There is no lip, and that is very important for us because. You want to get all the goodies that are still in there, and it makes it really easy without a lip to just kind of brush them out, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, Dean. That's I. I wish that was like an industry standard. Remove the lip. Um, yeah. Just, Hashtag remove on, the lip. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, like on on my rolling tray, I have a little brush, and you know when I've come down to the very last little uh, bits of my container. Uh, I like to scrape and get out all my trichomes and pistols, whatever kind of uh, stuff is kind of clung to the, the sides of my container. Bring it out, put it in your, your joint, uh, smoke it, destroy it with fire. Um, so just nice and see no lip for sure. Yeah, indeed. So there we're going to look at it. Uh, what do you see? Uh, I, I see some uh, beautiful, beautiful colors that uh, that are standing out, and then we'll get into some tight shots uh, as well. Yeah, Dino. So for me, the the stuff that I got, light light green buds, a lot of brown pistols to it. Uh, really excellent trim job, and then caked in, in trichomes. Uh, just looked really nice. Um, the stuff that I got. So yeah, oof, that is cakey. Yeah, like look at it, and we're gonna zoom in on this uh, a little bit here as well. And you just see spinal, like it is deadly, uh, and and uh, the trim job as well. Uh, kudos to them on the uh, the trim job. So beautiful looking cannabis, and uh, we're going to get to the smells in a second. But what about the terpenes? Tell us a little bit about the terpene profile with uh, this particular cultivar. Yeah, so the the dominant terpene uh, is limonene in the Bow Valley, uh, and that's uh, kind of a citrus fruity uh, terpene. There, uh, osamine is in there as well, and that's uh, earthy and and fruity. So kind of a double fruit there. Uh, and then we got caryophylline as the third uh, dominant terpene there. And that's a uh, black pepper, kind of a spice. Um, so those are the, the three main ones. And then, yeah, just like, look, we mentioned a gigantic uh, tested batch here at 6.7% terp. So it's uh, like the limonene was over, over 1%, which is super rare to see. Oh, that is so awesome. And, and when, especially when you think about you know, how great those uh, terpenes make everything smell, and there's so many of them. It's awesome. So speaking of smell, I uh, I gave Nosy McGee, there she is right there in the field uh, doing some reporting for us uh, earlier today out at Parkland Flower, a rare uh, spot, uh, photo of Nosy McGee in the field. It's like seeing a Wolverine or something like that. It just, you don't see it very often. So <laughs> this was obviously part of our tour today, but I'll tell you right off the bat, this was so strong, like just slapped us right in the nose and she went earth. I went sweet. Uh, what do you got when you first take a whiff of uh, what we're doing uh, today, uh, this beautiful uh, o, uh, Bow Valley OG? 
Yeah, you know, so for me, I got uh, like earthy uh, initially right off the hop, uh, but then it kind of uh, uh, settled into like a, a sweet citrus gas, uh, especially after the grind for sure. Um, and it's it's got a nose on it. When you when you just crack the jar open, um, it's it's noticeable compared to other rec market bud that we've seen. So um, super nice uh, nose to the uh, Bow Valley. Yeah, to to quote uh, my buddy's kid one day after uh, I had just burned one in their backyard, it was the smelliest smell uh, he'd ever smelled, as he said. And and this one was so strong; it's one of the strongest, uh, certainly that that I've experienced. So I, I felt like saying to him, "Wait about ten years, and you might really like that smell." But I but I didn't. And and I I really like your point about the after the grind. I think that's really important. That's where I really got some uh, gassiness as well. What about the taste test? What do you taste when you have Bow Valley OG? Uh, so it's it's initially it's got that uh, that earthy on the intake, and then on the exhale, I found it to be sweet, citrusy, and, and the gas kind of came out for me. Um, I was smoking it in, in pre-rolled form there. I, I like my doobies, and uh, and it was totally a smooth smoke, uh, pretty much like right down to the filter, which I I really like to have in my in my cannabis. Excellent. I got uh, the definitely the citrus and gassiness in the taste, and um, you know that uh, that six point two percent terpene. Uh, man, it's uh, it's just the, the the smell, the taste, the enjoyment of it, everything. I can't wait for the uh, the entourage effect uh, to pop in. By the way, I exploded a bag the other day with my uh, supernova. Like I was sitting here uh, doing something, and I could hear it uh, like creeping in, and then <laughs> went off. So be careful, people. It can happen, uh, definitely. So yeah, that's the taste. Uh, what was your experience like with this? So my experience with it uh, was a very, very clear-headed high. Uh, it was kind of like an uber focus. Uh, to it uh, really kind of turned me into like a, a productive Pete. I I just got going on uh, cleaning the kitchen, uh, cleaned both my bathrooms. Uh, I just felt this kind of energy. Uh, it was super nice. It wasn't too, too much in the head though too, Dean, which I mean, that's important for me with sativas uh, where I can kind of sometimes sativas will just be a little bit too buzzy and I get uncomfortable. I didn't get that from the Bow Valley OG, which is, Super great. Uh, I mean, they, they call it a power sativa for a reason. Uh, it is definitely that. It's uh, gets your kind of kicks your butt into gear. Uh, and I also found it to be a long-lasting high with a real uh, gentle and, and gradual come down. Like the burnout was pretty nice on it too. Did you feel um, like it was uh, almost like did, were you you know you were productive, Pete? But were you? in a social setting where you're talking a lot? Is this kind of like an espresso in a joint almost? Uh, I love the term power sativa. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, you could, you could maybe call it that. Um, I think if I, I mean, I was at home alone uh, for the most part you, consuming, consuming this you stuff. You were talking so. to yourself then? <laughs> yeah, not, not overly, but I, I mean, I can definitely see it as, as being a social one for sure though. Uh, maybe I didn't get the, get the chance to experience it, but uh, I think with the, with the whole power sativa thing, uh, you know, you bring this to a party, I think it'll get the conversation going pretty good. 
Yeah, when we can party, this will be a definite one on the list. Speaking of that, we like to do the three W's, and we recognize that everybody does react differently to cannabis. So this is definitely not a uh, 100% black and white, this is what it is, but these are things that you, know, you and I think of when we think of this cultivar. Who, what, and when is it good for? Yeah, Dean, so who it's good for? Experienced smokers, uh, level two and up. I think, uh, yeah, anyone kind of new to cannabis, don't jump into this. Uh, there's a lot going on in the head that you're going to want to avoid for your first time with cannabis. So uh, make sure you're kind of uh, very comfortable and familiar with, with cannabis before getting into it. Uh, what it's good for, getting in the zone uh, with some euphoric fun. So uh, getting dialed in, getting that focus on, uh, but also kind of having a really nice, uplifted, happy time with it. Um when it's good for Dino, it's daytime use for sure. Uh, it's an amazing wake and bake. Really nice to start your day for sure. Um, I wouldn't recommend it though uh, before bedtime as you know, you're going to lay in bed and kind of stare at the ceiling and um, it won't be the best scenario for right before bed. Uh, but those are the three W's, my friend. Awesome. Good stuff. Good recommendation as well for when not it's good for as well because, uh, you know, most of us, that have experience with cannabis have, uh, you know, had that uh, power sativa or strong sativa a little bit too late. I call them bingo balls when you've got all those thoughts that you can't shut off and things like that. So good recommendation for when not uh, to consume this as well. So that is Bow Valley OG from Ogin. Limited time, as Chris mentioned. So make sure you're getting out and uh, finding that at your uh, local Plant Life Cannabis store. And something that uh, I kind of uh, alluded to earlier in the conversation with Nosy McGee, but you and I have both now experienced, you know, we were both lucky enough to go and visit Atlas uh, for Natural History on their recreational brand. And that was a wonderful tour and a wonderful time. Today, I got to to do something you've been able to do, and that's visit Parkland Flower. Uh, Trish and Ozzy McGee and my wife, um, and and me, rather, uh, (laughs) got to visit it. Uh, And there's just a bit of a shot uh, that we had. And, man, what a great facility. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a smaller facility that is producing a ton of seeds and will grow slowly like they should be. But, you know, it was just great. I thought... It was just uh, like Atlas, ultra clean, and they make use of every square inch in that facility, don't they? Yeah, absolutely, man. It's uh, it's a super cool facility. Um, I mean, they've got those uh, those Delta Nine forty foot sea containers there uh, <laughs> that are you know those kind of stackable grow pods. Uh, super cool to see there. Uh, for me, uh, my recent tour, I, I went uh, last week on a tour with uh, with Dylan, uh, my my, uh, my district manager there, Dylan. Uh, we got to check out the facility, and uh, I, I'd never really seen seed plants in action. Uh, so that was super cool to see uh, these big kind of um, buds filled with seeds, um, you know, and uh, yeah, just seeing a plethora of plants like that just makes me happy puts me in a good place yeah it was truly a lot of fun uh to be out there and um be able to uh, you know see the great work that they're doing and dustin uh, their main grow guy uh you know we were able to talk a little sports as well and, and have a lot of fun so I, I i totally applaud what they're doing i can't wait till we can get farm gate you know you can go to a, a facility get a tour and actually buy something and then 
they recommend, yeah, the next time you get this, go to the you know your local plant life store and uh, pick up your seeds or whatever it might be, right? So there's that synergy there that uh, we can have with uh, visiting, seeing what it's like, realizing that this is growing a plant or a crop like any other farmer or horticulturalist would do and take back the curtain and some of the mystery on the stigma of cannabis when you see what it looks like it's not at all what reefer madness told us these things would be so it's it's a good idea hopefully those uh, tours are allowed soon and um, it was a lot of fun today i can't wait to uh, to get back and experience more yeah right you know it uh me too buddy i want to see all the facilities that i can it's it's great to just see you know, rows and rows of cannabis plants thriving in their environments. Indeed, yeah. Well, we're going to have to get to a few more facilities uh, as we go here on Know Your Buds. Chris, as always, thanks for joining me this week. Uh, Have a great weekend, and you never know, I might just pop up in uh, one of the stores that you're going to be at in the next little while, so keep your eye out. (laughs) Right on, buddy. I look forward to it, man. Thanks so much for having me, Dean. The Cannabis Life Experience, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Turning the wheel of cannabis one toke at a time. It's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Find out more at www.thecannabislifeexperience.com. All right, that is just going to wrap, just about wrap things up here on episode 85. Uh, We will have individual segments start coming out on Thursday. We'll have something every day now, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday. uh, Individual segments will come out, and then we will have another episode, uh, 86, on Tuesday morning. So if you're listening, thank you very much. Please subscribe, leave us a review, let us know what you think of the show. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're watching, thank you very much as well. You can check out the shows on our YouTube channel, Cannabis 101 Podcast, or our social media channels as well. If you're just in the listening game and you want to watch us on the big screen, you can do that for sure. But we would appreciate if you are watching on YouTube, click that subscribe, hit the bell. You'll get a notification every time we put something out. And that's usually 4.20 a.m. Mountain Standard Time uh, in Edmonton, just outside of Edmonton. Don't forget to head to the Cannabis101podcast.ca and sign up for the Weed Weekly. You're in the mix for our prize pack every Friday if you are a subscriber. So tell your friends if they want to get in the mix as well. And it's an easy way to keep up to date with the Cannabis 101 podcast. You can help us out if you want and uh, uh, provide to the uh, Patreon. Or if you'd like to uh, uh, join the show as a partner, uh, hit me up on email at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Always looking for people to help out and uh, to promote their product and uh, have them help us as well because that's really what we can do in this cannabis space. Um, You know, you can't put up billboards, you can't sponsor events yet. We will be getting there uh, for sure, uh, but we are not there yet. Um, And by the way, if you are into other podcasts, check out Podcast Alley. I've got some sports shows there, Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, 
Uh, I have uh, fantasy hockey time and uh, a whole lot more fun stuff as well. So if you're into some uh, different podcasts of the sports variety, you can check them out there. Uh, We are back at it on Tuesday, as mentioned, with uh, David Wiley from the OZ on This Week in Cannabis News and Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. on the business of cannabis. We'll have another cannabis character, more weed words of the day, the cannabis question, and more. So that comes your way on Tuesday morning. And as mentioned, individual segments will start coming out on Thursday. Thank you so much to the uh, crew at Parkland Flower for having us out to for a beautiful tour to see their wonderful facility and joining me on the program as well. It was so appreciated. And, of course, to our educator, Chris Ionson, uh, the regional manager, one of them, of Plant Life Cannabis for Know Your Buds, Ogen, Bow Valley OG. And, man, it was awesome. Great show. Really had a lot of fun with this one. And as we always do, I will leave you with the marijuana song from the artist, My Dead Dog. Remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. See you later, everyone. Man. Oh, nice marmot. <laughs>